Hello and welcome to the Pig and Whistle Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pig and Whistle Inn in Stormwind, I go for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. This episode we'll be going over sort of what to do as a newer player and for those who are wanting to get into World of Warcraft, we're going to be looking at kind of what you want to be focusing on first, What's because uh, there's a lot of things to do with MMOs, there's a lot of things that might feel overwhelming to those who are just starting, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm going to be giving you the lowdown or the rundown of kind of what to do or focus on more so at the very start of your World of Warcraft uh, experience than, uh, you know, getting overwhelmed with many different things. We have the weekly news, as always. Basil and uh, the Zakali Elders are your world bosses for the week. Basil is located in, uh, what's the south one, the Azure Span, and uh, the Zakali Elders can be located in the Zaralak Caverns. Wrath Time Walking is your bonus event for the week. So if you have time walking badges that you want to spend on certain mounts, reputations, etc., this is the time to do so. Pomp Stomp is your... Uh, brawl for the week essentially you are put up against ais in an arathi basin and you just absolutely decimate them and get some free honor it's very nice to just figure out a dps rotation on a new character stuff like that afflicted bolstering and tyrannical are your mythical fixes for this week afflicted there are the souls and essentially you need to top them up Bolstering, when an enemy dies, it will yell and give her enemies next to it a damage and health increase. And Tyrannical, the bosses um, in the instances are a bit tankier, as well as the mobs that are summoned are a bit tankier. So make sure that you bring certain, um, what is it, talent build to accommodate for that this week. Before we get into the weapon of the week, I do want to say a massive thank you to everyone who does tune in to the tavern each and every week. We are growing week by week and it is so amazing to see new faces in amongst the old faces that come in each week. But I do have to ask for more of your support. This podcast is not my full time job and I do put in as much effort as I can um, so that nothing is hidden behind a paywall like anything to do with Patreon and stuff. There is extra content there potentially, but it is very, it's kind to just even show up and listen, but the extra support would mean so much from as little as $3 a month. Um, this could help me get new episodes out. This could really help me focus on the show being the main priority of what I do. And uh, with this support, you have a chance to feature in an episode, whether it be as an interview-style type of uh, episode, or just uh, simply a shout-out at the beginning or end of the show. But thank you all very much for listening, and let's get back to the episode. So, Ashkandi is the weapon that we'll be looking at. Ashkandi is uh, one of the more iconic-looking weapons in World of Warcraft. It is uh, called, uh, as you may have heard, Ashkandi, the Great Sword of the Brotherhood. It is a massive two-handed sword that has a hilt resembling the intertwined necks and heads of two red dragons. It's rumoured to have belonged to Anduin Lothar. Uh, it is epic quality and drops from Nefarian in Blackwing Lair. In Blackwing Descent, Nefarian drops a similar sword, reclaimed Ashkandi, Great Sword of the Brotherhood, and uh, uh, Aberus, the Shadow Crucible, 
you can get a drop called Ashkandur, Fall of the Brotherhood, with an appearance similar to the sword itself. Now, uh, there are a few things. The initials on the hilt of the sword are AL, and the title Great Sword of the Brotherhood, possibly referring to the Brotherhood of the Horse, the name of the kingdoms of Stormwind Knights before the First War, suggests Ashkandi may belong to Anduin Lothar. Lothar was the regent lord of Stormwind and champion to King Lane, uh, back before World of Warcraft, essentially, but was killed by Orgrim Doomhammer during the Siege of the Blackrock Spire in the Second War. Ashkandi's appearance bears similar uh, similarities to the Great, Roy- Great Royal Sword of Stormwind, which Lothar used to fight and was broken by Orgrim Doomhammer. Duranian took possession of the broken uh, royal or Great Royal Sword after Lothar's death and depicted it on... Uh, Draenor in World of Warcraft uh, uh, Chronicle Volume 2. Since World of Warcraft Legion, Turalyon has wielded a sword that bears similarities to the Great Royal Sword, including the fact uh, that it was uh, clearly broken. However, a Thousand Year War states that Turalyon forged a new sword, suggesting that the one he wields may not be the actual uh, Great Royal Sword. Or Turalyon may simply just own two swords. Um, unlike Turalyon's sword, Ashkandi has no indication that it was ever broken. It, rec- it remains unclear whether Ashkandi or Turalyon's current sword are the, real, are the real great royal sword. It is possible they could be three... It, it is possible they could be three separate but similar, look, similar looking swords. If, if Ashkandi is the real great royal sword... It is unclear how it travelled from Turalyon's possession on Draenor to Nefarian in Black Rock Mountain. Ashkandi could be forged by Nefarian as an intentional mockery of the Great Royal Sword, or modified or corrupted by Nefarian or one of his underlings due to uh, uh, its blackened appearance. However, the hill is described as resembling the neck and heads of red dragons, not black dragons. Uh, why Nefarian would transform the sword into something bearing his enemy's appearance makes little sense, unless it is a trophy, of course. Um, that is, it's a really cool-looking sword, essentially. It is one of the most iconic-looking swords in the game, and I think everyone in uh, like Wayne Classic re-released it. Everyone in Blackwing Lair was just looking at the sword like, yes, this is what I want. It is so cool. Like... This is going to be really, really cool to like just get, and uh, you know, it is. It was a very decent weapon in classic. It was mainly used for PvP, I think, more than anything, because not a lot of uh, warriors were arms in raids. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's the whole reason for it. It's a very cool looking sword, and it was meant for PvP more than anything. But let's get on to the main episode. Um, essentially, what we're going to be looking at is breaking it down for a new player. Like, what your main focus is when you first load up the game. So, when you first load up the game, you're going to be info dumped with um, a screen that is your character uh, creation. Any sort of game has this. Um, most games have this now, whether it's an RPG or even like a um, like a Dark Souls sort of thing. You can maybe customize your character. I'm pretty sure Dark Souls actually don't customize the character. Might just make that up. Um, but yeah, everyone sort of has an understanding of the character creation screen. You 
obviously have two factions. I'm going to break it down very simple. You have two factions, Horde and Alliance. Um, whichever faction you choose, you are not, um, as of now anyway, you are not uh, um, confined to it almost. So you can play with people or friends who want an Alliance character if you're Horde and vice versa. So... There is nothing stopping you from making a Horde character and your friend making an Alliance character and levelling together. There is nothing stopping you from doing that. Um, but all the uh, like factions and races aside, you obviously have your class. There are many different classes to choose from, you, from your normal sort of warrior, barbarian type of uh, class to your caster, mage, wizard, that kind of deal. And everything in between, hunter, paladin... Uh, priest, which is your cleric, demon hunters, you know, you have everything and there is a small window that sort of gives you the rundown of these cl- uh, classes, essentially what they do, what specializations uh, they have and what roles they can fill. So damage, healer or tank. Um, make sure that you are actually reading these because that way you can kind of make a very informed decision of what you really do want to play and what sort of class would best fit you uh so to speak once you obviously do that you will be if this is your very first character you'll be loaded into exile's reach it's it's a very simple thing um you will leave this aisle at level 10 it will give you a lot of instructions on how to do stuff there'll be loads of tool tips and stuff and you'll be in a chat for newer players and this chat essentially has people who are very experienced at the game. They need to have done certain things to even like apply to be in this chat to help out the like newer players in World of Warcraft, which is a very good feature, I do have to add. Um, once you leave this place, then it's kind of like, oh my god, what do I do? Where do I go? When you leave this place, you'll be teleported into the major city of your um, faction. Stormwind for Alliance and Orgrimmar for Horde. When uh, you are in these factions, you will be teleported near a NPC. This NPC is called Chromie. Now, Chromie is going to be your best friend for a bit. Um, I'm not too sure whether or not for newer players, it still sends you to the latest expansion. It might. Um, if that's the case, I think it will send you to Shadowlands. Um for newer players but i might be wrong with that it might still send you to bfa but if it doesn't send you or give you a sort of bread cut bread crumb quest to go to the shadowlands or anything like that you can talk to chromie and talking to chromie she will offer you multiple different options these options are all of the different expansions that you can pick to go and level in now, you can uh, level in Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King, Cataclysm, Mists of Pandaria, uh, Warlords of Draenor, Legion, Battle for Azeroth, and Shadowlands. Now, all of them have their own unique flavours to them, essentially. But if you are a newer player, what I would recommend is uh, either level in uh, Wrath of the Lich King... Missa Pandaria. Let's take a quick break. 
Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now or well, honestly cataclysm cataclysm might be good because you haven't experienced the actual world of azeroth and that's where it all began so cataclysm is not a bad shout I, I can't really speak ill of any of them. They all have their like pros and cons. I do have to say Shadowlands is probably the weirder of all of them because it seems very much out there compared to everything. And you might be a little bit confused, um, but uh, it still has its, you know, perks, essentially. Um, any of these uh, which you pick are good. Uh, what I would recommend is actually reading the quests and going through the stories. They are very good. The later expansion you pick, the better the story content gets, I would say. But even in the earlier like expansions, like Burning Crusade, you still have uh, reasons to do the quest. There's quest text that still gives you reasoning to go and do these quests and a story behind it. But it isn't as sort of prominent and like... You're not necessarily seeing it like immediately, if that makes sense. Like you've really got to be focused on it. Whereas the later expansions, it will give you like a bit more cinematics and stuff like that, um, so that you're not missing out on the sort of storyline, etc. Um, but all I can say is focus on your leveling. There will be times when you'll be like, "Oh my god, what are professions? Or what does this battleground thing do? Or anything like that." Try to focus on your leveling, and when you get to the final stages of your leveling, so when you're leveling in the current expansion, Dragonflight, that's when you should look at maybe doing professions, or maybe doing some battlegrounds and see how they play out, stuff like that, um, or pet battles, or anything along them natures. Um, mainly because if you get interrupted on your questing, or your leveling experience, you might get a bit overwhelmed with like, oh, okay, so I've got to do this profession. Oh, but then I need herbing to go with alchemy, so I need to pick up herbing as well. And now I need to go and pick up these specific herbs from this expansion to like herb for this specific potion that I want and stuff like that. And it can be a bit, it can lead down a rabbit hole that you don't necessarily recover from. And it's like, where was I? In terms of questing, in terms of the story, I can't really remember. Oh, who cares? I'll just go along and do my quests and get levels. Whereas it should be more focused on the, oh, okay, so we're going to go kill this guy because he's managed to, you know, capture the lieutenant of this, like, keep or, you know, all of that stuff. Um, it, It's so that you don't get sort of waylaid. Now, I know that it's tough for certain people. Um, some people like to explore and by all means you're more than welcome to it is an MMO but that would just be my sort of advice for you as it were now 
I do say professions aren't necessarily important, but they can have the importance um, later on. This is why I suggest doing them in Dragonflight, because uh, the potions in the most recent expansion are going to be the ones that are the most useful. And uh, with that, you need the most recent resources. And uh, when you're leveling in the old expansions, you don't get these resources. So that's kind of why I'm suggesting do it when you're at that level and you're doing the current content, which is Dragonflight um, stuff. So this will be around level... F what level are we? 51? Are we 70? I can't remember if we're level 70. I feel like we are. Oh shit, I've forgotten what level we are. 60 or 70. Um, It's essentially 10 levels before... um like your maximum level that you're whisked away onto the dragon isles to go and do your questing there essentially um when you get to this sort of stage as well you you become a bit more comfortable with the fundamentals of the game and stuff like that this is when you should be looking at um areas towards end game so would you rather be doing some pve or pvp if so, try and sign up for some like battlegrounds while you're leveling. They'll just pop every now and again. And if you're looking to do PvE, try out the dungeons in Dragonflight because this is where the Mythic Plus stuff will come into play or even like going to old raids and see, you know, the old bosses and how their mechanics work and see if this would be something that you would be interested in. Plus you get some extra like Transmoglu and stuff like that in the old raids, so it might be worth it in the end um but yeah it is very everything towards the end of the game is when you should be looking to experiment with stuff i cannot stress that you should primarily be focusing on just questing and leveling as a newer player in world of warcraft because mmos are very daunting today you load it up and you see 50 things on your screen. You see a minimap, an action bar, 20 spells. You see your character, your character like sheet, which has your armor, your weapons, all that. You have a talent tree. You have, you know, many different components. But if you're just focusing on doing a quest, um, you can pick everything up along the way. And uh, that's where everything can slow down for you. And it's like, okay... This is my character panel, so this is where I can look at my gear and compare my gear when I get better stuff. This is my talent tree, and I can play around with the talents as and when I need. You know, that's when you can start picking it up when you're just focusing on questing. Whereas if you are bouncing back and forth between professions and questing, then you're having to juggle so many more things as well as like trying to just do some PvP, learn all of your spells, learn all of the classes. What does this class do? How does this class interact with that? You know, all of them different things. And as a new player, what I would really recommend is having a, a, a second character and uh, having this second character as a backup almost. So say you pick Warrior as your main character, you get it to level 10 and you think, okay, this is all right. I'm not having a best of time, but I'll make, I'll make like a, a paladin or something just in case, you know, just in case. 
So you make a paladin and you get it to level 10 as well whilst leveling your like main, which is your warrior. And you get to about level 25 on your warrior. And you think, I'm not really feeling it. It feels kind of boring, lacklustered or something like that. And then you think, okay, well, the paladin, I don't need to go through the starting zone. I've already done it. Um, So I'll, I'll give that a go. And suddenly you are having more fun on the paladin. But that stuff that you found on warrior the spells that you played with on warrior if you're going into pvp like even pve you'll have more of an understanding of just the warrior in general so alts are really good for newer players because it allows you to get a small understanding of the other classes now this doesn't mean make 50 alts all of them different races different specs all of that stuff but make at least one alt. Two if you're feeling a bit, you know, crazy. But just start off with one alt. That way you have a little bit of flexibility if you wish to switch your main like character. And by all means, you are not locked to one character as your main, as it were. It's just a saying, essentially. Um, but yeah, it it's really useful to have that option. Because uh, if you get to level 30 or 14, you think, oh, this is boring. And then you look at your characters, you've got none others and think, oh, God, I've got to start this again. It might kill your appetite for the game. It, it just might. That way, if you have like at least a level 10 and you're kind of leveling them together, it's like, OK, I kind of prefer this character. So I'll just play this character a lot more. And this warrior can just sort of sit there for a little bit collecting cobwebs, you know, that kind of deal. Um, there are many benefits to having an alt character. And if you want to, I would very much say that that is a very good call as well, <laughs> to say the least. But honestly, as a new player, it's really tough not to get overwhelmed. But if you have someone that is looking to potentially join you in playing this, it will help a lot. As uh, playing any sort of game, any having like that extra company is always going to be more enjoyable plus they might find out some things and then relay it to you and you might find out certain things and you relay it to them so you just get a lot more information at double the speed essentially um which is always good which is always always good but that is it for this episode thank you all very much for listening as always do check out all of the uh, socials down below, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, as well as the support the show link is down there. It will really show your love for the sh- um, for the tavern and, uh, you know, it would just mean that I can do so much more for you guys. But thank you all very much for listening and go with Valor, friend. Goodbye all. Mm-hmm.